0: Dreamnasium. Function. Noun. A state of mind marked by abstraction or release from consensual reality. The Dame Wore a Tesseract. Part 1.
1: Race Race blocks. Blocks. There's an animal for you, great Damn,
2: Damn it. Living, Living off the long land, long land long again. again.
3: Just remember that treasure content Don't get lost. Just, just, just. It was a silver, misty day in the angelic city. The kind of day where hot clouds blowing in from the west get rhubarb from the cold breezes sliding down from the north. You can taste sea salt in the air all the way to downtown. You can feel the clammy all over your skin like a sweat you never sweated. This weather ain't good for nobody. It's like the world can't make up its mind. People get stupid in this weather. Cheat on their wives, leave their husbands, rob the local bank. Put a couple slugs in that noisy neighbor who just won't shut the hell up. Yeah, long as this lasts, the town's in for a bumpy time. Bad for most, I guess. But damn good for business. My business. My name's Gray. I look into things.
1: Mr. Gray, are you listening?
3: To be honest, I wasn't. I was thinking to spend this ugly silver day holed up in the office. Just me, some black coffee, and the racing form. But then the dame walked in and put the kibosh on all of that. Sorry. Sorry miss, I guess I drifted a little. The truth of the matter is, no one could be bored by this dame. She looked right out at the society pages. Somebody had poured her into the cherry red skin tight number that was barely holding her together. Matching heels as high as you want, with nails and coiffure in the same blood red. If dull was a country, this dame was from the moon.
1: Just how many people tell you their life's in danger in a day anyway?
3: More than you'd think.
1: Do you snooze on them, too? Somebody wants to kill me.
3: Well, we can't have that, can we? Why don't you lay out the what's and why's and we can... cheese it.
1: What? What's wrong?
3: Keep it down, I said. Why? Someone's coming. They're being damned quiet about it, too.
1: Oh, God. They found me. They're, They're coming for me.
3: Out the window. Fire escape. Now.
1: In these heels? Are you crazy?
3: Fine. Closet. Now. Can I help you, sir?
4: Are you Harris Gray?
3: That's the name on the door. Who wants to know?
4: Me and my little buddy. That's who. Well, with buddies like these... Go ahead. Keep with the wisecracks. You'll be whistling out of the side of your neck. Get it?
3: Hard to miss.
4: I got a message for you.
3: Something simple, no
4: doubt. <coughs> oh. What did I say oh. about the smart guy stuff? The boss wants to see you.
3: Great. And the boss is?
4: Maxi Sparks. Nothing, huh? I tell the boys back home I work for Maxie now, and they're all over me. Cause he's like mythic or something. You? Don't even blink.
3: Never heard of him.
4: Yeah, well, he's heard of you, and he wants to see you.
3: Well, I guess I'd better be seen then.
4: Believe it, Flatfoot. Two o'clock at the Chateau Noir. Don't be late, or you know, you will be. Late, that is. (laughs) <laughs> now that's funny <laughs>
1: wow you saved me mm.
3: okay 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 that's very nice let's not get hysterical okay
1: sorry i'm sorry but that was so close
3: yeah yeah skin of our teeth
1: You really think they work for Maxie Sparks?
3: Pretty sure, yeah.
1: Mr. Gray, are you alright?
3: What are you talking about?
1: Nothing, I just... I've never had anyone look at me that way before.
3: Like... like what?
1: Like you... Like you recognize me. And I sort of feel the same, but we've never met. Before today, I mean. Have we?
3: The truth was, I did remember her. Or did I? Looking at her, my head was all of a sudden filled with people. An old warhorse of a guy with a handlebar stash. Some skirt who looked like a cross between Vivian Lee and a punch in the neck. Whatever that means. Some kind of flying car, like out of the funny papers. And the dame's face, too. But blurry, strange. And somebody... saying my name. Mr. Grey? Sorry, sorry. Don't know what came over. I'm fine, I'm good. Come on, let's get out of here.
1: Where are we going?
3: You want me on your case, don't you?
1: Well, yes, I did, but if Maxie Sparks is involved, shouldn't we go to the police?
3: If you'd wanted the cops, you wouldn't have come to me in the first place.
1: Hmm, fair point.
3: Somebody trying to kill you, and that bruiser making a house call on me in the same day, that don't add up.
1: Coincidence?
3: Yeah, I don't like coincidences. Don't believe in them, for one thing. So, we take a drive, you tell your story, I clear my head.
1: And your meeting? What about that?
3: Well, that's my problem. But I've got a nasty feeling solving your case will get me the goods on the Maxi-Spark situation. One way or another.
1: All right, then. Let's take a drive.
3: Turns out the drive was up the coast, straight up the Pacifica Trailway, past the movie star bungalows and beaches so crystal white, you'd think they were made of glass. Even with all that cloud cover over everything, it was still a postcard day. My head did get clear and I was looking at the dame, dead on, maybe for the first time. Hmm,
1: I love looking out at the ocean.
3: As long as you keep one eye on the road, doll. She let her hair down so it could take the breeze, and brother it did, billowing out behind her like Chinese banners. She was smiling, head tossed back like she didn't have a care in the world. Which was odd when you think about it, because people are trying to kill you?
1: Yes. No. I don't know. I just know I'm in danger. I've been followed, you see. Men and... In- Dark suits with dark cars.
3: The same as the guy from today?
1: Well, I didn't exactly see them, now did I, Mr. Gray? But his voice could have been the one making the calls.
3: Calls? Who's on the line?
1: I don't know. They ring me at all hours, threaten to hurt or or kill me if I don't give them what they want. Is Well, I... no. No, I'd better let Dr. B tell you.
3: Ah, who's Dr. B when he's at home?
1: Dr. Adam Belinoff. My employer. That's his house just ahead.
3: Looks more like a castle.
1: (laughs) There's even a moat.
3: Eccentric and rich, eh? Good. You can afford to pay me.
1: And we're here.
3: Trusting soul, your doctor.
1: How's that?
3: No gate, no fence. Just a hedge at the property line.
1: Oh, uh, this place has been in his family for generations.
3: What kind of doctor is this guy, anyway?
1: Not the going-to kind, if that's what you mean. He does experiments.
3: Yeah, I'll bet he does. And what is it you do while the doc... Th- ...experimenting? No offense, but you don't strike me as the lab coat type.
1: Oh, I might surprise you, Mr. Gray. But, to answer your question, I'm Dr. Bellinoff's research assistant. And that's all, Mr. Gray. All. If you say so. I do. Shall we?
3: Hmm. The door's open.
1: Doctor! Doctor B! I'm back! I brought help!
3: Easy, sister. Let the professionals handle things. Okay, place looks clear.
1: Oh my gosh, is it a break-in?
3: Broken mirrors in China, busted up ottoman. Every drawer emptied onto the floor. It ain't a scout jamboree.
1: Alright, alright. This kind of thing is new to me.
3: Well, whatever they were looking for, they didn't find it.
1: How do you know that?
3: This kind of damage doesn't come from a search. This is somebody's frustration let loose on the knickknacks.
1: Oh no! Dr. B! He was here when I left!
3: Well, that's not good.
1: You don't... you think they hurt him?
3: Until I get the full story out of you, I don't know... what... I don't know what to...
1: Mr. Gray, you've got that look again.
3: Yeah, yeah, fine. Why don't you go check the place out and see if the doc's hiding in some nook somewhere?
1: Are you sure you're up to this? Yeah,
3: yeah, fine. Just go, okay? I'll see if the party boys left anything like a clue around here.
1: Okay, if you're sure.
3: I'm sure, I'm sure. Please go. wasn't sure, I wasn't sure about anything. I let the dame's looks turn my head, coming up here on a smile and a vague notion of a sob story. And the weird sounds in my head today, like a dream or the kind of drunken splices of memory you get after a three-day bender. Flashes of good times and bad times and none of it makes any sense. And all of a sudden I really needed to find... phone.
2: Operator. Do you want the director, Agent Gray?
3: Agent? Director? What are you talking about, lady? I just dialed zero.
2: Oh, dear. It's just what they expected. Hold on, Agent. I'm putting you through right now. Damn it, man, what the hell's going on?
3: Who is this?
2: It's Dyson. Wipe those cobwebs away, Agent. We have a situation.
3: I don't care for your tone, Dyson. What the hell kind of screwball twist is this? Who are you people?
2: Harris Gray, I want you to listen closely. What is the sound of one hand clapping?
3: Ah! Oh, God. Oh, my head. My head. My... Director Dyson? Is that you?
2: It is, and I'm sorry about the brainache. ache. Trigger codes can sometimes hurt a bit. State your name and occupation.
3: Harris Gray. Private invest... No. Cleaner. I'm... a field agent for the Alt-World organization. Which is? Cleaners move from reality to reality by inhabiting the bodies of their counterparts in the billions of variations of Earth throughout the multiverse. We mix our. our. quanta? Quanta. with any compatible body we find there. Usually we take over the version of ourselves that exists in the New World. We get their whole life, all their memories. Sometimes you wind up in someone else's body and things can get a little scrambled. So. That'll
2: do, Grey. You're verified. Now, is Agent McGuane with you?
3: Maybe, yeah. I got a good candidate nearby. But if she got the same brain scramble I did... Give her the
2: trigger and get her on the clock. You've got to get this thing under control fast. Let's hear it. You're in a blank, Gray.
3: i I'm sorry, I'm trying. It's taking a while for the fog to lift. What's a blank?
2: A blank is an alt-world that's invisible to the Furies.
3: Furies, right. And those are shifting aliens who grind alt realities
2: into submission. The enemy, Gray. They're the enemy of everything.
3: Yes, got it. Furies, of course. I hate them, right? You do,
2: in fact, hate them.
3: Well, if the Furies can't even see these blanks, then this one's totally safe, right?
2: From the Furies themselves, yes. But not from their agents. Not from rogues.
3: I'm not liking the direction this is going.
2: alt Org uses blanks for safe houses, clandestine research facilities, anything we don't want the Furies getting wind of. One of our own, Dr. Adam Bellanoff, resed into that blank to complete work on a new piece of top-secret tech.
3: Powerful, I'm guessing?
2: If a technology that allows you to bring a working magical weapon into a science-based universe sounds powerful, then yes.
3: So, you think there are rogues here. They got wind of what Bellanoff's up to, and they pinched him. I get the gist.
1: About time. Who were you talking to down there?
3: A friend. Forgot I was supposed to call him earlier.
1: Nothing deadly, I hope.
3: Nah. He wanted advice on a gift for his wife. Perfume.
1: Oh, sweet. And he expects you to help with that?
3: We're close
1: what did you tell him?
3: I said I'd always been partial to... Twilight time.
1: Oh. Ah. Whoa. What the hell? My head. I'm... Agent Gray. Is that you?
3: In the borrowed flesh.
1: Ugh. My head is killing me.
3: Sorry. It's the trigger phrase. The wake-up call hurts sometimes. You okay?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm good, but you have got to be kidding me with these heels. And this body? Have you seen this? It's a
3: little hard to miss, kid.
1: Kid? <laughs> I don't think a kid should even be allowed to look at something like me.
3: Roll with it. We're on the clock.
1: So I'm guessing we're in deep again.
3: You don't know the half of it. What's with all the paperwork?
1: Mm, guessing... Dr. Belanoff's notes?
3: Equations? Formulas? What's all this supposed to be?
1: Maybe an egg timer.
3: Yeah, this is gibberish to me. Maybe the tech heads at HQ can make sense of it all.
1: Uh, see if there are any other, uh, shoes in the closet, will you? My feet are killing me.
3: Uh, how about these?
1: Nothing over two inches gray. Come on.
3: Black pumps. Bingo. Great. Okay. We're leaving. Bring the paperwork. Where to now? We still don't have Belanov, and I don't want to keep Maxie Sparks waiting. Got a gut feeling Maxie's the crux.
1: You're in charge, Gray.
3: But I wasn't in charge. I was just treading water in the ocean, waiting for the storm to come in. My brain was still Swiss cheese, and McGuane's was Scrapple. As we cut across town, I filled her in on my talk with Director Dyson.
1: So, uh, what's a rogue again?
3: Ex-cleaners. Uh, we're cleaners, agents of the alt-world organization.
1: Yeah, yeah, that part I remember. (laughs) I'm fuzzy, I'm not that fuzzy.
3: Every once in a while, we lose one of ours to the other side. Or worse, they just go into business for themselves.
1: Why would anybody ever quit this job? What would compare to jumping into a new universe every week?
3: That's just it. We get to see the multiverse. We get to go places and do things most people can't even dream about. It's heady. Sometimes people give in to the temptation to take something or kill someone because none of it seems real anymore.
1: Or, maybe they get hooked on the rush. Or that. So, the director says we're dealing with Furies, but you think rogues. Why?
3: Think about it. This place is a blank. The Furies can't even see it. But rogues, they're us. Used to be. An ex-cleaner might know about this place. Somebody was tailing Belenoff. Somebody was threatening you, or Belanov's assistant.
1: Figures I don't have an analog here. You luck out with this version of yourself, and I get with this... dame. Okay, so it's rogues, not furies. What does that get us?
3: Dead if we're not careful. Furies are monsters, but they're basically magpies. They just steal everything they can and move on, mostly. Cleaners and rogues, murder at first sight.
1: That almost sounds personal, Gray. Something you're not telling me?
3: My ex-partner is one of them. You've probably heard of her. Chassis Verdant.
1: Wait. No way. Chassis Verdant is an Academy legend. Multiple honors, crack shot, and master tactician. Most completed missions, most All successful- Alright, I
3: get it. You've heard of her.
1: Her name's on the memorial wall. Figure she was killed in the line.
3: The multiverse isn't that lucky. But she's dead to me.
0: Jeffrey Thorne's Dreamnasium, Episode 3, The Dame, Wore a Tesseract, Part 1. Featuring the voice talents of Pete Mylon as Harris Gray, Kristen Bays as the Dame, Jesse Moore as Dyson, Philip Weber as Butch, Darian Lindell as the Operator, Susan Bridges as McGuane, and Melissa Autumn as the Muse. Written by Jeffrey and Susan Bridges, based on the original short story, The Dame, Wore a Tesseract, by Jeffrey Thorne. Dreamnasium theme by Vincent Morrison. Music by Josh Mollen at thetoonpeddler.com. Directed by Dave Morgan. Produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2019, Jeffrey Thorne and Pendant Productions. Please rate and review the show on iTunes. Thanks for listening.